Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Recently, I was feeling overwhelmed with all of the responsibilities I was juggling in my work and personal life. I signed up for BetterHelp and scheduled my first online therapy session. To be honest, I was a little nervous about meeting with a therapist online, but I was matched with a great therapist who offered me a fantastic experience. She helped me tremendously in our first session, and I noticed an instant difference in my mental health. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can also message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions whenever it's convenient for you. If you're matched with a therapist who isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, you also get more scheduling flexibility and a more affordable price, especially when you get 10% off your first month by signing up at betterhelp.com MFRP. That's betterhelp.com MFRP. Check it out and sign up today. Hello and welcome to the Motivation for Regular People podcast, where you'll find all the inspiration you need to start, continue, and finish the goals that matter most to you. I'm so glad that you're here today, and I hope that you find something in this episode that will help you tap into your motivation and pursue more of your most important goals. Don't forget to subscribe to our show so that you instantly get all of our new episodes in your newsfeed. We always have new episodes on Thursdays, and we try to release a couple bonus episodes each month as well. If you like the content, it would mean so much if you would leave a review and a rating so that we can continue to grow this community and take this message about motivation to as many people as possible. Today, I'll be talking with Di Manuel. Di is a super passionate husband and father on a mission to positively impact 1 million role models around the globe to lead a functionally fit life through education, encouragement, and community. Di is an award-winning digital thought leader, author, distinguished Toastmaster, keynote speaker. He's a former partner and CEO of a multi-million dollar retail company, and he's also a sought-after lifestyle mentor and executive performance coach. It didn't take long in this conversation for Di and I to realize that we have a lot in common, and I hope that you enjoy listening as much as we enjoyed recording. Let's get started. Here's Di Manuel. Hey, Di, thanks so much for coming on the show. I'm excited to have this conversation with you, and I know we were kind of chatting it up before the recording started, and I learned that, like me, you have a journey in terms of how you got in better shape and how you Mm -hmm. used to be overweight and then kind of transformed your life. So I'd love for you to share that with the listeners, and selfishly, I kind of want to hear it as well. Oh, thanks, Brady. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, but that story, or at least story theme, it's not an uncommon one. It's actually quite common, uh, you know, people going through these huge physical transformations. But 
to hear it happening from childhood into adulthood isn't as frequent. We, we often hear about people as they get into adulthood making these big changes because also we're in a different place when we're adults, right? We're, we're just sort of in a different mental space. We tend to have a very different physical space. You know, we might be out living on our own or with roommates and, and find ourselves in school. And, you know, fortunately for me, it happened earlier on. You know, it was at 15, I was at my largest. And uh, I, I remember the day that my mom <laughs> took me for uh, uh, my checkup at the doctor and Dr. Quinn pulls my mom aside and leaves the room and, of course, leaves the door ajar. I can hear what they're talking about in the hallway. And he's like, Betty Ann, Di is morbidly obese. You know, his BMI is well into the 40s. And, and you know, at this time, I didn't understand what any of that meant. I mean, I'm 15 years old, right? Like barely 15. It was actually just before my 15th birthday. And I'm like, either way, it doesn't sound good. You know, and I didn't need that confirmation because the way I was dealing with life in those everyday moments I was sad. I was depressed. Uh, I was dealing with a lot of social anxiety. And on top of that, a lot of physical health complications. You know, my, my asthma I had developed because of the overweight and and just this sheer pain in my knees and my joints because of carrying that extra load around. And and so I was very unmotivated when it came to moving my body with purpose, you know, like exercise or even just getting out for a daily walk. No way. Uh, and, and the foods I ate were very self self soothing type foods you know they they were foods that were let me put it this way very rich in calories <laughs> very poor in nutrition value and and so all the time i would always feel hungry and you know now i understand this as i understand the, the science of nutrition but I, I was basically starving myself even though i was getting plenty of calories and this is common for people that are in this state of unhealth, is that we eat a lot of foods, but unfortunately, we're not necessarily getting all the vitamins, the minerals, the micronutrients, uh, and all the other good stuff that makes up whole foods. We're often depleted by all those. So obviously, our body's like hungry because it's saying, give me some of that stuff, you know, the building blocks to make you healthy and vibrant and happy. And uh, so, you know, five years eating that way, I got to that big point, literally my largest. And uh I just remember one day, very distinctly, going into the washroom, having a shower. And I used to have a hack, Brady. I don't know if you can relate to this, man. But I used to have this hack. And I would turn the shower on really hot before I would get out. The hotter, the better, because it would create so much condensation and steam that by the time I would exit the shower to towel off, the mirror inevitably would always be covered in condensation. This is my way so I could avoid looking at my reflection. And I did this religiously, you know, because I did not want to see myself. And I'm very grateful that this is, you know, I'm going to date myself. This is going back to the late 80s, right? Like, we didn't have smartphones. We didn't have high pixel cameras in our back pocket, you know, because I don't know how I would have dealt with that social pressure of constantly feeling like I'm being watched, you know, because I, I was very uh, reclusive. You know, I was very introverted uh, as a result of that state of unhealth and the mental health issues that came with it. And uh, that one morning I got out of the shower without letting the condensation build. And I locked eyes and I did the scan all the way down. And by the time I got all the way up, I had to start toweling off my chest because it was like Niagara Falls. Tears are just streaming down my face uncontrollably, like the ugliest of cries. All right. And, and it was very cathartic. It was definitely a release, but it was also an acknowledgement of this is who I am and this is where I'm at. And it, I don't know why, and I don't know how this even happened, but I just made a decision right then and there. I'm not going to be like this anymore. 
I want to get healthy. Rushed into that bathroom, found my dad, you know, after I got clothed and ready to go for the day. And I'm like, dad, I want to get healthy. You know, and he's like, oh, gosh. What, what? And, you know, up to this point, they'd been trying to get me to do stuff. But I was like, no, no, no. And every time they came to me offering help, I would think, you know, and act out, actually. Like, I would often think that they just thought I wasn't enough. Wasn't good enough the way I was. They wanted me to change. But all they were wanting was me to be happy, hmm. you know. And But again, a 15-year-old boy, I had no idea what was going on. And I thought everything was a personal attack and uh, acted out as such, right? And uh and I said, Dad, I, well, how about get me a bike? I remember when I was a kid, I used to love riding my bike. Maybe we can go get me a bike. Because one, it was secluded. I didn't have to be around anybody. I could go out on the rural roads, the country roads, ride by myself. And it was an activity that I knew I enjoyed. And so, boom, got a bike that afternoon. Like, literally that afternoon, my dad took me. We bought me a bike. We went out. I got back that day, and I just went for a bike ride. And then the next day, I went for a bike ride. Next day, I went for a bike ride. And I just kept getting out for some activity. Went to the library, got books out on nutrition so I could start to educate myself on how to eat and what is food, you know, how do we do this properly? And, you know, my kids are still like, you went to the library, dad, why don't you just Google it? I'm like, because your dad's older than Google, you know, like, (laughs) you know, and um, so long and short of it all, it was a 20 month journey to release all that weight I had put on. And it was the best journey I've ever been on. You know, because wow. I learned so much in that 20 months, it set up, set me up for the rest of my life. And I'm still doing today what I learned back then at 17 years old, you know, through helping others with a similar journey. I was like, man, this makes me feel good. I feel alive. I feel like I'm here for this reason to help others with transformations. Wow, that's amazing. And, and now, you know, almost 30 years later, I'm still doing it, you know, so <laughs> yeah, it must be something to that. But uh, sorry to Absolutely. take the mic from you there and take the stage. But that that's the flashback to that whole period right there, you know. No, that's incredible. I'm so glad that you shared that with us. And I want to ask a couple of questions, just kind of reflecting on your journey, especially at the beginning. You said one thing that kind of caught my attention about how you were so unmotivated at that point Mm -hmm. in time, even though you knew maybe there was a better way to live. You just Mm -hmm. struggled to take that first step and get started. Mm -hmm. So I'm Mm -hmm. curious, that first bike ride that you went on, how hard was it? Oh, it was really hard. But you know, at the same time, I was feeling so empowered that I'd made a decision to do something. So, the, the, you know, the, the the hardest part of any period of movement is the initial inertia you need to get something moving. You know, an object at rest likes to stay at rest, as physics tells us, right? Newton's laws. And, you know, to get that object at rest moving, that's the most amount of energy you're ever going to have to apply to it just to get it started. But the neat thing is, once you get it started, you get momentum, which can often help things keep moving. I experienced that very much so. I mean, it, it was a, <laughs> it was a long time to get to that place where I was like, oh, I got to get started, you know, and making that mental commitment. And then the actual activity of going up to get the bike was that little bump I needed, you know, to, to know that, okay, here's something in front of me that's going to help me. Now, all I got to do is do it, you know, and, and more than that, I wasn't so quick to try to quantify how long, how far, how many, you know, we're very quick in the fitness industry to always want to quantify stuff. You know, how much do you bench? How much do you weigh? What's your waist circumference? I mean, forget all that stuff, but rather to qualify it, you know, and look at how do I feel when I'm doing the activity, but more importantly, how do I feel after I'm done it? Mm. And that is what I focused on. That first ride was only about 30 minutes, if that, because I was tired. 
I was really tired after 30 minutes of movement. You know, I'd gone five years of doing nothing. And all of a sudden to add 30 minutes of, of fairly moderate intensity, what felt like really hard intensity to me at the time. But I'll tell you at the end of that 30 minutes, whew, I felt awesome. I felt great. I was like, I, I did something for me, you know, mm-hmm. and as much as Nike, we love the slogan, just do it. I actually think it's, it can be improved on, <laughs> you know, what if we said, just did it, you know, like what if we celebrated the activity of completion, you know, cause it's through that completing of the activity. We also get so much good, positive feedback, you know, like dopamine hits, serotonin production, you know, like that physical uplift and energy. Like there's so many things that we can tap into once we've completed the activity, when we really are mindful and reflect back on what did that experience just provide me, you know? Oh, absolutely. And, and that's what I that's... locked in on. That's what I locked in on. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. There. Yeah. No, I just, I was going to, you know, <laughs> add to what you're saying by, please, please. by throwing in that's, that's one of the reasons why I love working out in the morning. And one of the things that I will do to mm. encourage myself to, to do that, even when it doesn't feel <laughs> comfortable doesn't feel natural is I will remind myself how I will feel for the rest of the day after that's done. Um, because I know how it feels to not work out in the morning and I know how I feel later in the day if I make that decision and I know how it feels whenever I make that effort. And so our brains like to do this thing where we prioritize the short-term reward over the long-term reward because it's a more certain outcome. And so it's easy to do those things that have a greater short-term reward, but a higher long-term cost. The cool thing is once we become aware of that trade-off that we're making, it's easier to do that thing that is hard in the moment, knowing that it's going to pay off in a greater way later on. So I love that piece. I also love what you shared earlier about how getting started can be the hardest part. I don't know if you've read the book, The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. Mm. No, uh, I haven't. So, I haven't. So her concept is that whenever you need to start doing something, you simply count down from five and then you do it. So five, four, three, two, one, I start the bike ride or five, mm. four, three, two, one, you know, I get in the water for my swim and putting yourself kind of into that corner where you're counting down until you start something, it takes mm. away the opportunity to overthink things. It takes away the opportunity to fall into paralysis by analysis because you're saying, I'm just going to count down and then I'm going to do whatever this thing is. I, I love that. I, I think that's a great, great, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a philosophy or just really a, a to-do, right? Before you get started, just, uh, I, I like that. I really like that, uh, how it can really prime you, right? Like it just mm-hmm. gets you set up into that intentional space and then boom, you just do it, right? So yeah, I like that. That's a really cool strategy. That's great. Yeah, it's it's something that I enjoy. So you mm-hmm. said earlier that it took you about 20 months to make this transformation from you know, hiding your reflection in the mirror with the steam from the shower to being in a position where it sounds like you felt like you were healthy. You were obviously much better off than before. And you said that that journey was one of the the best things that's ever happened to you. So how did that journey transform you and how does that continue to impact the person who you are today? Well, I think the biggest thing for me, like when I really reflect back on it, I, you know, at 17, a, a friend of of my, my mom's came to the house and uh, you know they're i'm in the back and we used to have this this old uh, victorian style home it, my mom was a big fan of antiques so of course our house had to be victorian style you know and with all these antiques in it she, she always had a side hustle as well my mom i grew up with parents that were very entrepreneurial and uh so my mom always had a side hustle of which she had a 
uh, an antique business. And so, you know, often the antiques would end up in our house though. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just the way it goes. Um, but um, I remember they came to the back porch and, and they're looking in through the screen doors. I'm in the kitchen preparing some food and um, <clears throat> they're like, Hey, is your mom here? And I'm like, yeah, my mom's in the back doing some gardening. And they just sort of stood there at the screen door looking at me. I'm like, okay, I just told you one of those. What do you want? You know, like, you know, kind of that awkward moment where there's some silence. There's a bit of a pause. We're still looking at each other. And I'm like, okay, you can go now. You know, like, that's what I'm thinking, right? And um, they're like, okay, okay, okay. Well, I'll go see your mom. Can, can I talk to you for a second? And I'm like, oh, geez. Here's someone that's more than double my seat, you know, double my age. It's an adult. It's a friend of my mom's. I'm like, oh man, what did I do this last weekend? Am I in trouble here? Did I do something I forgot about? You know, like I, that's where the teenage brain goes, right? I'm like, oh man, I'm in trouble. Uh, an adult wants to talk to me. Anyways, they come in, they sit at the table. We start talking. And first thing they they acknowledge is like the transformation they've seen in me the, over those two years. Just that I was more engaged, I was more vibrant. I'm, I'm, you know, they really complimentary. And I was like, oh, wow, this is I mean, making me feel pretty good. Uh, but second was, you know, I, they saw me, you know, and they acknowledged the, the changes I'd gone through. But then they followed it up with saying, you know, I want to make some changes. Could you help me? And, you know, at 17, I, I still had that mindset of the obese kid. You know, that's how I, I often would still see myself that way. Even though I'd look in the reflection, I could see the changes. It didn't change how I felt inside. You know, that was a much longer journey to, to manifest those inner transformations. But the external transformations weren't that hard. You know, I just had to be consistent and stick with the plan and just trust that the process was going to provide the results. And here was this opportunity to now help somebody else do similar things that I'd just done. And I had this just this, this flood of confidence that uh, I can do this. I can help them. I know what to do. And you know what? I want to help them. Actually, this makes me feel really good. <laughs> like I feel very fulfilled. I mean, I, I could do this every day. Like, like I felt so energized after that conversation. I was like, wow, I want to help more people. And that's when I got bit by the mentorship bug, you know, <laughs> like literally I knew that for the rest of my life, I would be mentoring and supporting people or communities with change you know, with change. You know, I, I call it change later, but what started as more of just a fitness and health focus has obviously over the last 30 years diversified into many other areas because of the work ethic I picked up back then. But also second to that was I understand change and how to manage change. And so those have been two areas that I continue to do today, almost three decades later, you know, but that was it. That was that one person asking me that one question at that one moment and allowing me the opportunity to help them that changed everything for me, you know? And uh, yeah, so that's how I keep moving forward, you know? That's amazing. It's so cool how one conversation, one comment unlocks this new realm of possibility wow. for you where yeah. it's not just something that, that you've been able to do in your own mm -hmm. health and fitness journey, but it's an experience that you can share with others in a way that inspires them to potentially mm -hmm. make some changes. And as I, as I hear you talk, I think that's the underlying concept of the underlying foundation of everything that you're doing is this idea that people do have the power to change and you don't have mm. to stay in the same position where you are right now, which makes me curious, what would you say to that person who is listening and they don't feel like they have the capacity to change? How would you encourage them? Well, often I, I ask them to explain what change is to them. 
You know, how do they look at change? How, how have they experienced change to date? Because it's often our relationship with the idea of change that actually might just need some clarity around it, you know, like some better understanding or a, maybe a broader definition if we're really narrow in scope of what we believe change is. Because if we don't believe change is possible, we're very good uh, based on something called confirmation bias. Okay. The psychologist will tell us this is like, <clears throat> whatever we believe to be true, we're very good at defending that, that viewpoint. Whether it's wrong or right, it doesn't matter. We're very good at defending it. You know, we'll, we'll seek proof to validate our belief. And so if we believe we can't change or we believe change is difficult, we're going to look for proof that that is true. So we can sit there and say, see, I told you so. <laughs> I can't lose weight. I can't change, you know, because that just happened, you know, like, oh, my car wouldn't start this morning. So I couldn't get to the gym. You see, I'm meant to be fat, you know, like what are you saying? You know, like, and, and, and we're very quick to justify things. Right. And so I often want to start there. It's like, what is your relationship with change? Can you tell me any periods in your life? And you know, if I was having this conversation with them, I was like, Hey, I'm sure in your life, let's just say they're a 30 year old human being. It's like in the last 30 years, have you had to experience any changes in your life? <laughs> you know, like changing relationships, changing schools, changing vocation, you know, changing where you live, your environment. Like, have you endured any changes? And most often the answer is yes. It's like, well, how did you navigate those changes? What happened? What was the process like? You know, and, and sort of just trying to remind us that change is nothing new, right? It's not a new concept, man. It's like Buddha 2,600 years ago. He's like, hey, this too shall pass. And we're like, what does they mean by that? What do you mean this too shall pass? Well, he's like, don't worry. This will, this will change. We'll get through this and things will change, you know, and they always do because it's the only thing that science has really been able to prove is that, yeah, nothing stays as it is. It's everything's in a state of flux, right? Mm -hmm. and, and look at the law of entropy. Everything's just energy changing. And if we adopt that and accept it as truth, we can realize that whatever situation we find ourselves, it doesn't mean we have to stay there. Mm-hmm. You know, because whether we do something or we don't do something, it's still going to change. It's not going to stay exactly as it is. Mm -hmm. Whether you have any input on it or you don't, it doesn't matter. It's going gonna, it's gonna to change, okay? And so why not be a little bit more, more proactive with the changes in our own lives? Why not be a champion of change for ourselves or an advocate of change in our own life? Because I'll tell you, it's a lot more empowering and frankly, a lot more fun when you find yourself in the driver's seat of the changes that you want to make for yourself. It's all got to start from that relationship with change. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, that's so empowering to hear because I think, well, if there's something in my life or in my world that I don't like, I don't have to settle for it remaining that way. I can change it. I may not have 100% control yeah. of everything in my environment, but no. I, yeah. I can influence a lot more than I think. And I believe that's true for everybody listening that's as right. well. Dad, this has been such a fun conversation. I want to ask you one more question and then I'll give you a chance to yeah, share a little more about Thanks, the work Brady. that you're doing. So if you could go back in time and talk to your 15-year-old self before that moment mm -hmm. in the mirror, what would you say to encourage or motivate yourself? Uh, it's, it, it, this is a tough one. And I only say this because uh, in my last 30 years, I've had the opportunity to connect with other unhealthy kids. You know, I just have, I've had, I've had these conversations, but also I've been able to see them out in public. And I, I often see myself in them. 
And I remember how it felt. But I can only imagine how it feels today with the social pressures that we have, with just constant engagement through these online platforms, right? And, you know, you hear about kids pulling out their camera secretly to film another kid having an embarrassing moment so they can put it online and, you know, just because I, I dealt with bullying, right? I dealt with all that when I was 15 and younger. Uh, I was one of two kids in my entire class that were in that state of unhealth. So, of course, we were picked on. And if I could go back and talk to that kid, be like, you know what? You're enough just the way you are. You know, like all these ideas of how you believe you are failing in life, they aren't true. You know, you're loved, you're cared for, but you're also more than capable of creating the life that you want to create. And you've already got everything that you need to do that right now. Mm -hmm. You know, if I could go back and really empower that 15 year old, I'd love to. Just give him a hug, you know, and a high five and a fist bump, right? Like, just like, dude, you're going to be okay, you know? But man, I, I, I wish I had that. But I have to be honest with you, Brady. Like, back then, if I was like that and I had someone sharing that message with me, I don't know if I would have received it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just mm -hmm. don't know. And I think that's the challenging part with that kind of a question or scenario. It's like, I have to remember how I was at 15. And man, before I made that change, anything would trigger me emotionally. You know, mm -hmm. and I think that's what you have to remember when we're in state and we're hurting like that. It's really hard, right, to believe anything positive for ourselves. Mm -hmm. But that's where a good friend, a loving parent, a great coach, a mentor, you know, yeah, just seeing that person and acknowledging them. Sometimes that's enough to just elevate that belief in them, you know. And I got to say thank you for this podcast because you're doing just that. You're shining lights on these stories of people's experiences that we can all relate to, but also be inspired to navigate those changes as hard as they are. Like I'm just being a fly on the wall, listening to the conversations that you get to have every day. I think they're just phenomenal. And I just want to say thank you for creating this platform, man. Like really you're doing it, man. You're helping people just by putting this content out, you know, and we need more of this, damn it. <laughs> you know, well, hey, we I really appreciate. do. We do. So, yeah. <laughs> Brady, you're doing good work, man. Really good work. It's awesome. Well, Dad, thank you so much. That's so encouraging to hear you say that. And there's so many things that you just said that I want to continue to talk about and reflect on. <laughs> um, but I'll just kind of let you have the spotlight in this moment, because um, I think that that what you said is sufficient to get us thinking about how to change, how to act, how to even, you know, redefine what success means to us. So I know that that's going to be so valuable for the people who get to hear this and get to take some of these concepts away. Before we wrap up though, tell us a little more about where we can find you and interact with your work. Well, thank you. Uh, well, listen, I, I'm pretty social online. Uh, the three platforms I'm most active on it consistently anyways, is Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So if you message me on those three platforms, just give me a little bit of grace because I don't let anybody else touch the communications in my business. It's only me. I deal with all that stuff. That's me. So when you get a message back, that's me. <laughs> you know, not an automation, none of that stuff. It's me. And I always just say, just give me a little bit of grace because I get a fair bit of inbound messages here and there. And uh, I, But I always will get back to you. So there's those three platforms. And then outside of that, uh, I've been blogging since 2007. Uh, again, dating myself right now. But I've got about 1,800 articles on my website which is all Amazing. around all this stuff that we've been talking about today. Yeah. And I just tell people, I'm like, it is a bit of a rabbit's hole, 
So have fun. <laughs> you know, I got a new site launching in about two months. And when that gets up, the navigation will be much smoother. But uh, as I say to people, just dive in, use the search bar, type in a topic. Chances are I've got some content on it. And it's all geared around helping people navigate change, you know? So, and that's it. That's all. Like, just reach out anytime. I love hearing about people's stories, you know? And, and just like you, Brady, it's just... That's what makes us all so much relatable to one another. You know, it's, it's, we're, we're more alike than we are different. If we just start talking about that a little bit more. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great way to end. Well, I love what you're doing. I'm going to go check out your site and I'll link it in the show notes so that other people can go look through your articles and connect with you as well. Thanks again for sharing your time and your wisdom with us today. Uh, my pleasure, Brady. It was an absolute honor and uh, I look forward to the next one. Thank you. Absolutely. Me too. Before we wrap up, let me tell you about one more opportunity that will help you unlock your motivation and pursue your most important goals. If you're anything like me, you start the new week with a lot of excitement. You have big plans and you can't wait to see what happens. Once the week gets going, though, you may have something unexpected come on your plate or you may simply start to feel overwhelmed by all of the tasks that you have to juggle. And it can be difficult to finish the week with the same amount of motivation that you had when you started. If this is a feeling you can relate to, go to my website at bradyross.com and sign up for my Midweek Momentum newsletter. Each Tuesday, I'll send you a short email with a thought, quote, or reflection, often based on the podcast from the week before. This boost of momentum will help you finish your week with the same amount of drive and determination that you had when you started. After you sign up, you'll receive a free instant download of the introduction in chapter one of my book, Seven Steps to Dominate Your Day and Crush Your Goals. You'll learn how to maximize the power and potential of each day by planning in advance what you want to accomplish. This newsletter is completely free. I won't spam you. I won't sell your information. And you can unsubscribe at any time if for whatever reason you don't find the content helpful. I simply want to help you carry your motivation through the end of the week and give you the boost you need to start doing more of the work that matters. And I think that you'll ultimately find both the information in the email and the timing of it very helpful. So if you're interested, you can sign up today at BradyRoss.com. That's B-R-A-D-Y-R-O-S-S.com. And we'll include that link in the show notes as well. Once again, thanks for listening to today's show. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already done so. And if you're willing to leave us a rating, that would be awesome as well. Any positive feedback helps us grow this community and spread the word to others who may find the content helpful. As we wrap up, remember, you already have all of the motivation that you need, and it's up to you to decide what you'll do with it. 